after 11 months of terrible things from all sides about right and wrong, when one side is clearly just trolling and being horrible, more police shootings with no reform, still no reparations. But let me not go down that path. It's Super Bowl week, fellas. And we have, for the first time in ever, two black quarterbacks playing against each other. And just like that, Black History Month is back. We started Black History Month last year with a lawsuit from Brian Flores that foiled Brady's plans of taking Tua's job. But speaking of Brady, he's gone. And my boy Tua's job is safe. Fins up. Yes, Black History Month is here. And Florida is not just outlawing books in school and teaching the truth, but they're telling you what you can and can't read in libraries. What a state. Speaking of quarterbacks, Wait, Aaron can you Rogers, go back? I don't want to step on you, but can you go back and say that uh, that one line again? Because uh, it sounded like not they're telling the truth in Florida. No, 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 no. I said they're not only outlawing books and not teaching the truth. Excuse me, good. not teaching the truth. Clear in good, Florida. Better. Yes. Boom. Okay. There you go. Perfect. Sorry. Thank you. Speaking of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Henry. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform. How you feel? Are you excited? Are you excited? Not yet. All right. Anyway, I'm excited. Listen, I know my co-host Eamon hates Aaron Rodgers and calls him the wet noodle, the January noodle. I know he thinks he's all-knowing. I know he also says some questionable things about proven science, but man, look how it all changes when he takes the helm of the Jets. I'll be happy as hell if we win a Super Bowl or are contending next year. If he comes, you see what I did there with my bit? You see? No reparations, but two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Do your own research, Aaron Rodgers. But if he's in a Jets quarterback, all good, right? In short, nothing gets you going more than the NFL. It's the drug that we snort and pump into our veins year round. We can't get enough. Henry, do you know what the A in Oscar season stands for? What? It stands for Eamon isn't going to watch any Oscar movies. Austin Butler should win for Best Actor. Elvis, best biopic since Ray. Not better, just best since. Best Picture, everything, everywhere, all at once. Best Actress, Michelle Yeoh. Best Documentary, Navalny. Best Supporting Actor, Brian Tyree Nichols, Causeway. Best Animated Short, Pinocchio. Very dark. Do not take your kids to see Pinocchio. Do not watch Pinocchio with your kids. It is a dark movie. Anyway, I can't do all the work with you. Uh, go by and watch. And by you, watch. I mean, Eamon. It's a goddamn balloon, fellas. Just shoot it down. I mean, he shot it down, and then one side said he didn't do it fast enough. But that, but that same side had a president that didn't shoot any balloons down when he was in office. But it got shot down, so whatever. On the same day, LeBron James broke the scoring record, and it was awesome. He did it on a fadeaway. What are the odds to that? Like, plus 11? 1100? I don't know. Anyway, that same night, Mitt Romney gave George Santos a talking to. Now, Mitt Romney is still shit Mar- Romney, the borrow money from your parents guy. But I think that might have been the, the bigger moment of the night. By the way, the president was being heckled last night. I mean, I hope I don't sound like a jerk, but somebody needs to do something about Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, Jesus. Well, regardless, I'm loving the way DeSantis and Trump are going at it. I mean, it's like a battle rap concert. Whenever those folks clown each other, that's one hell of a scene. Speaking of hell, Larry Nasser, fellas, those 
Puerto Rican reactions. Did we get it? Hold on. Hold on. Hold Speaking on. of hell. Speaking of hell, Larry Nasser, fellas, those are Rican reactions. Boom, got it. Don't uh, listen to that on 1.5. You you said that was going to be a quick letter. That went like at least five minutes. Four <laughs> minutes. Four minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've gone for eight. Well, welcome to No Bad Dudes Podcast. Uh, as you can tell, Ray is here. Uh, I'm. We're also here with Henry, uh, the newest member of the team. Um, since Ray has talked a lot, we've barely heard anything from Henry. Uh, Henry, it's what's on your month. mind? It's Black History Month, so I I can get to I get to do this. I get to do this. I will. I, I I'd automatically get double my Josh Allen takes, but I'm gonna let it go. Henry, what's up, baby? What's going on, fellas? So. Uh... Uh, what's on my mind? It's the Super Bowl. Like, I think it's on everybody's mind. Anyone that at least, you know, revolves around sports and um, looking forward to it every single year. This has been going on since I was 10, maybe 11. My best friend throws a party at his house. So aside from the years when I lived in Florida, I've been with him for the Super Bowl every single year. And um, I do this thing with, with the Super Bowl now where I pick a jersey that I want to wear. So I go on eBay and I'll buy it for like 10 or $20. And it's usually some random player. So, like, when it was the Eagles in the Super Bowl last time, I had a T.O. jersey. And then I skipped the Patriots here. I don't know why. But then the last three years, it's been the Chiefs, Bucks, and Rams that I bought a jersey for. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Chris Holmes, and Sam Bradford. All three, all four jerseys that I've worn to the Super Bowl party have won the Super Bowl. So, I'm going back to uh, Priest Holmes this year. So, put your money on the, on the Chiefs because the jersey, the jersey is the predictor. So... That's interesting. I remember probably about five or six years ago. Um, you have to be really diehard to know this. I saw I saw a Joe Jervicious, uh, wow, notable Giants wide receiver, but a Joe Jervicious Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey, and I, wow. I my mind was just like, I was like, I don't even remember him leaving the Giants or anything. Uh, just. Random. I I think there's like a Twitter account of like random jersey spottings, um, and those are up there. So my brother, my brother tries to do that. So for the KC year, he bought a Brody Croyle. So who's wearing the Brody Croyle? I'm wearing Brody the Brody at the Super Bowl party. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Like, where's Kelsey? Where's Mahomes? I'm like, nah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't got a hundred bucks to spend on a Mahomes jersey, but a used Priest Holmes, fifteen dollars eBay. Hell yeah. Uh, good old Priest. <laughs> All right, Ray. What do you, what do you got? Um, I mean, there's so many ways I can go, but I mean, I'm gonna just say, um, I uh, uh, everything is so everything is so crazy now, and I feel like people need to kind of like find something that always puts their zen, like puts them at zen, at least one thing a day. Like they need to do for themselves because again, like if it's not something going on with the government, if it's something not going on with with sports, if it's not something going on with this, something going on with that, it's like our our minds are all over the place. So I feel like everybody should take a second to do something for themselves that kind of sets them and makes them like super zen, where they can kind of like focus their mind and focus, you know, their body and whatever their energy. I've been doing, uh, I, I make coffee, 
uh, in the morning and I'll do like a tea. And what I've been doing is I got a pour over for Christmas. Um, and I'm a very super simple man. And now it's like Starbucks in my house, right? Like or wherever I'm at, I carry this thing everywhere I travel and I go and it's very, very cathartic and it's very soothing. And I also do the same thing with tea leaves, do a little matcha green tea for the midday. I'm trying to be a little better on my teeth um, and not have four cups of coffee in the day. So it was super strong, uh, pour over. It's great. So take my time. I kind of just chill, kick it. Don't even have a podcast on. I kind of just mix it up. And then the same thing with the tea. Bottom line, long story short, do something, uh, during your day to, uh, put you more at zen and, uh, you know, protect your mind, protect, you know, the body and the spirit and the energies. What's up with you, Avon? Um, so I am the person on the podcast as a motorcycle goes by, um, that, uh, always just talk about player safety and, and, and all this stuff. And uh, I want to talk about the basically the last play of the Kansas City Cincinnati game with the mm. roughing or the um, late hit penalty. Um, I'm going to say multiple things and they're all true. Um, it definitely was a penalty. It definitely should be enforced. And I don't even blame uh, Joseph Osai Osai. Uh, one bit because it was a tough play where it was the end of the game. He was exhausted. Uh, he was behind Mahomes, so he had to do everything to get in front of him or get him to stop. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think, like, this is the part of, like, the 24-hour news cycle and, like, having everybody have opinions about everything. It's like, I understand why he made that play. I understand what happened, and I understand it has to be a penalty. Like, those are all things that are true. Like, I don't think Osai you can say is a, a dirty player. Um, but like, I do think like when we're talking about the evolution of the game, or at least I am about the safety stuff, like you got to point to that stuff and talk about it and say like, you know, it's like, if it's, it's weird. Cause like a foul in basketball, unless you're really doing something gnarly is, is, you know, understood that it's like, it's nothing too rough. And I think that's what this was. Like he wasn't trying to hurt Mahomes. He was just, his body was exhausted. He was chasing him down and he didn't have it. But like, also he, he shouldn't have done that in some level. Um, so I just wanted to say that. Cause like, again, I'm pro safety. I want the sport to change. I want the sport to be evolved. So it's a sport 50 years from now. Um, but yeah, so that's my thing. 100% it's a penalty. And I agree with you. You can't blame him. Like you're in the heat of the moment. You're, you're trying to get to Mahomes and he steps out and you have two seconds and he needs to make a decision and like what 0.35 they say, whether he's going to tackle him or not. So yeah, it's just a rough, it's rough. I, I don't think enough people are talking about like the kickoff return. Like that was a huge kickoff return by um, Sky Moore. That's what yeah. set them up to, to even get that penalty. Like, if he just gets a 10-yard return, even if you get hit out of bounds like that for a 15-yard personal foul penalty, you're still not in field goal, automatic game-time field goal range. You know what I mean? So, I think that's – I think that no one no one is talking about that. Um, but I digress. Yeah, I mean, for the Super Bowl, baby. It, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like – because now they're – like, it used to be like, oh, everybody has a radio show and everybody has a column. But it's like that has gone up probably 100 times. And – since people can't, like, they don't usually have the the ability to watch all 22 cam, not that they're interested in doing this, but, like, at the end of the thing, it's, like, it's really simple 
to see a bunch of replays of like a ref making a bad call or whatever. So like that's all speak towards media consumption at this point. So it's like it that's why it's like hard just a lot of times to watch this stuff because like it, it comes down to that instead of something important enough. But right. Um yeah, I mean that's that Sky Moore play should be talked about more. Like that should be because like Sky Moore will be an interesting person. Like you could do a a good feature ad on him because week three he got benched because he fumbled um when mm-hmm. the Colts lost to the Chiefs or to when the Chiefs lost to the Colts. He fumbled mm-hmm. twice on punt returns and, and muffed another one. Um so if he has a, a big playoff game um or a big Super Bowl, like that could be like redemption story and all that good stuff. Um speaking of the Super Bowl, uh last week we were supposed to pick all the way through the Super Bowl, which we didn't. Um now listen, there were two people who decided that the Eagles and the Chiefs were not good enough to make the Super Bowl. Um, and then there was somebody else on the other side. That, you know, who's counting? Who's doing the math on that? But we'll let the people who were wrong last time predict their Super Bowl champions. I know, Henry, you kind of gave your take. But uh, if you want to maybe illustrate what you think the game will be like, will it be high scoring? Um, do you have any you're, – you're, you are a uh, sports book guy. Do you have any, like uh, – Hot, mm. like over under yards for I don't know Kelsey or anybody. Let me get my let me get my notes. Let me get my notes. <laughs> so yeah, I am I am predicting the Chiefs to win. I'm gonna wear the Chiefs homes again. Um, I do have a couple of wagers already. I had a couple of free bets going out there for Chiefs mm-hmm. money line mm-hmm. just because they're plus money right now. I haven't really dug into the props yet. I've been more focused on NBA there, but I have this wild um three touchdown prop. Uh, where it's going both ways. I do think the Eagles are going to get the ball first, um, whether they win the toss or lose the toss, because I think they're just going to want the ball in case he will want the ball in the second half. Um, so I do think that will happen. And for that reason, I think there's a good chance that the Eagles are going to score first. Um, I think they've done it every playoff game or almost every, well, they only played two, but um, I just like them to score first. Uh, I think we'll see Casey come back. It might be tight in the beginning, but I, I, I think Casey will, uh, well, in the end, I, I don't think it's going to come down to the last, like, five minutes of the game. I, I think we'll know the champion um, before that, and I think it'll be the Chiefs. Um, I think it'll be high scoring, but not as high scoring as people think. I think it'll be around that number. Um, yeah. Chiefs, right. let's say Chiefs, 30-21. I, I like – I wow, Chiefs 30-21, I like that, man. I, I, I was thinking Chiefs – 30 to 27 i think it would i think it'll go i think it'll go down to the wire again um i also feel like when mahomes is an underdog he just comes out and like he cooks um i have chiefs money i have one i have some free bets too henry um i have chiefs money line i have travis kelsey with the anytime tutty and i have jalen hurts with an anytime tutty um some nice odds with that so that's the one joint i have out there right now um, I have seven more free bets that I'm gonna be uh looking to cash in on. <laughs> um, yeah, I I am I'm, I'm also Chiefs. I, I like I, I think I mentioned a a pseudo Chiefs fan. I just like watching Mahomes play. I think he's a very special uh player, and I think I think they'll win. And um, if you guys are looking for like a real long shot, I don't know what the number is, but. 
I wouldn't like I would throw five bucks on Chris Jones as MVP. Cause if he has a big game, that means the Chiefs win. Um, it's probably the reason the Eagles offense doesn't do well because like pressure up the middle could really destroy the game. Um, so just a long shot guy, because he's he's uh for people who don't play that close, he's a pass rest defensive tackle blows up a lot of plays so a lot of the like rpo stuff he could be on Jalen's face really fast and not allow him to get those deep balls to Devonte and, and aj so, just a long shot guy um like cool that. um all right so i have a little game um we'll do uh yeah we'll do it's i don't know how we'll do it but uh we'll play along with it um, I, I thought of it because I was hearing a stat, um, and I don't know if this even the the stat itself. Um, I'm going to give you; they'll each be different. So, I heard I was hearing people talk about uh, like how they're super pro McCaffrey, and they're still anti Henry going into next year. Not our Henry, but Derek Henry. Um, I was like, I'm like, I bet they have the same amount of touches because like Christian McCaffrey is like 27 because he came out early and Derek Henry is like 29 because he sat for two, basically two seasons and he was just like an older guy. And I was like, let me look up their numbers. And then I decided I wanted to look up another uh, highly dominant uh, running back, Todd Gurley. And I want you guys to put them in order of touches. So for career touches. Um, Ray, you can go first. Who do you think had the most... Who do you think of Todd Gurley, Derek Henry, and Chris McCaffrey has had the least amount of touches? Todd Gurley? Uh, yes. Well, wait, sorry. Don't do that. Uh, just... Okay, so that Todd Gurley, um, who had the next least amount of touches. It's, I'm going to say Christian McCaffrey. And so you're saying Derrick Henry. Um, so Derek most, kind yes. of gave away third place Henry. Do you do you agree that it'll also – do you think it's Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry? Uh, Yeah, from the injury standpoint, I think. Yeah. So Todd Gurley had uh, 14, 29 touches – Christian McCaffrey has had 1467 touches. And then Derrick Henry is at 1800. Touches. God damn. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes when you hear stuff and you, you look it into it, you're like, okay, I guess I'm a little bit wrong. There's been more touches. Um, but, you know, it was just, cool. it was just that's in 400 touches. It's 400 more touches, yeah. But then, so what's the per game? Um, because they came out, Derek Hunter was a year before CMC, right? Or the same year? All right. Well, I'll need a second to do that. Uh, but, yeah, like uh, we can visit it later on, but like per like per game, I, I would assume CMC would be leading. From I'll do efforts. that. Oh wait, okay. Couple things. Yeah, right now it's Wednesday, December eighth, uh, seven twenty four p.m. East Coast time, um, and we will be covering Division One. And at that point in time, I will figure out per touches who was uh, who was <laughs> up there. Um. So, um. Okay. 
there are three quarterbacks in the last four years that have thrown for, sorry, there's been three quarterbacks in the last four years that three out of four years were in the top eight in passing touchdowns. Um, can you name them? Uh, Henry, why don't you start first? You'll take turns on guessing names. Uh, I think I saw someone. Is, is one of them Derek Carr? No. No, okay. You, again, Amy, you said three quarterbacks what? Three quarterbacks over the last... Three quarterbacks over the last four... Sorry. Three quarterbacks in the last four seasons have had three uh, seasons in the top eight of touchdowns thrown. So nobody has had all, all four. Okay. Um, let's go Brady? Nope. All right. Let's just knock off Mahomes right out of here. Okay. That's one. I was trying to go, you know, long shot first, but let me get on the board here. Uh, uh, quarterbacks in the league. Who's good? Uh, not to, uh, not Russ. Damn. Uh, Dak? Nope. Dak's been hurt. Missed last year in this year. Uh, is one of them Kirk Cousins? It is. It is. That, 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 I, I, I confuse Carr and Cousins. Um, oh, damn, I'm gonna be wrong. Justin Herbert? No. Damn. Uh, for the sweep. <laughs> for the sweep. Rodgers had a bad year last year, but two before he was really good. Rodgers? Yes. Yeah. That's the Damn, one. I was going to guess him, but this season threw me off. Uh, I was surprised Mahomes hasn't done it all four years. But, um, yeah. And then- well, he missed He missed what, two or three games last year with the or more than that with the knee injury. Yeah, I mean, even so, he's still good. Mm-hmm. But. I think Brady and somebody else was, was two of the years, but um, – yeah, it's it's uh it's not you know those guys who throw a lot of touchdowns. It's not a year to year thing, um, except for Kirk Cousins. I mean, you know, I think I think part of this was because uh, somebody drafted Kirk Cousins in our view and was like, oh, that's an interest. Let me look at what stat can make him show why it was good or bad. Was that Willie? Did Willie have him? Somebody had Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah, Willie had him. Um, all right. The final stat is actually not um three, but it's four p- players. Um, I don't know how to do this. Uh, it's a very interesting stat, I would say. Um, so these are all guys. These are all wide receiver twos this year in fantasy. Well, these are all guys who are perceived as the second options on their team. And they all finished in the top 15 fantasy wide receivers. So, you know, it's a, it's a little interesting. Now, I don't know how to ask this question, but the names are T. Higgins, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. They have one thing all in common, kind of. Um, 
you know, let's just screw it. Let's let's throw out Tyler Lockett and not include him because I think that's the part that makes it hard. What's the things that T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, and Dalen Waddle all have in common? T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, and Dalen Waddle. They all cut their dreads. Did Devontae <laughs> Smith ever have dreads? I assume since he was a wide receiver at Alabama, he had dreads. I don't know. That might be just me. I don't know. So, originally I have Tyler Lockett in this. um, But, basically, T. Higgins plays with a quarterback who makes a million dollars on base salary. Devontae Smith plays with a quarterback who gets $1.8 million base salary. Dalen Waddle is playing with a quarterback who's getting $1 million base salary. And Tyler Lockett is playing with a quarterback who has $3.5 million base salary. So, you know, I don't know if this is predictive in any way, but if you're going to go look for you know these like wide receiver two and three like for for years we always try to look for these these like deeper wide receiver guys and like a lot of times it's like oh just get like McCall Hardman or MBS or any of the like the Chiefs other wide receivers that weren't Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and I don't you know it, it hasn't worked out but maybe there's something to these wide receivers when they have uh a quarterback who's on the first year deal because like the offensive line's better because they're not spending money on it. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting data point. I don't know if I'll, I'll stay with it because, uh, but you know, I don't know. I find it interesting. I mean, like all of those, if you took out Lockett, it's all dudes on rookie deals right? pretty much. Yeah. And and Geno Crazy. Smith is basically on a rookie deal. Right? Rookie like deal, yeah. 3.5. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, that might be something, you know, whatever well, happens uh, with the and, Chargers, like if they cut Keenan Allen and they draft a rookie, that might be someplace you want to try to get like a, a late round pick on. I'm not a pro-management dude, and I don't want to come off as this, but I have actually said this on the pod before. I understand that the quarterback is building up a team and da-da-da-da-da, right? But, yo, you're able to build a team around this rookie quarterback and he turns out – I would just keep taking shots in the draft on quarterbacks. If one of these dudes hits, we can just spend money and build the team up. Like, look what the Eagles are doing. Look what the Eagles are doing. Like, well, look what they did to get where they got, right? Like, two was on a rookie deal. Dolphins made the playoffs, right? Like, there's a ton of, like, example. look at Joe Burrow, right? They got a good team around him. They go into the championship last year. But, like, again, like, Russell Wilson, when he was back in the day, like, right? Like, again, like, it's a thing. Like, you, like, if you have right, the, you I, I'm to saying, the playoffs, right? But at the end of the day, the last 10 years, how many years was it not Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady in the AFC? Uh, Mahomes representing the team AFC. around him. On his rookie deal, on his on his on his deal, he had a crazy team around. He's past his rookie deal. It's, you're, nobody's beating Mahomes, yeah. <laughs> unless no. unless they throw a stupid play at the end of the first half. Nobody's beating Mahomes. He's Mahomes. I, it's, I'm, he's different. I'm just saying, man. Why not try again? Why like try it like every four years and then be like, hey, yo, if you're really good, then cool, that's great, and then we'll just you know figure out the quarterback from there because we have a good team. Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson won Super Bowls, like. Right, they had crazy most good of the rookie QBs don't work out, right? Like, 
at least eighty percent of them are don't have a starting job after three years. Zach Wilson. The Jets. The Jets have literally tried to not have a quarterback for the past ten years. If and where we is get that two years of Aaron, <laughs> we get two years of Aaron Rodgers. No, but now we have a good team. If the Jet, the Jets also had Mark Sanchez, uh, and and we got to two the championships. But it's okay now. If we can get two years of Aaron Rodgers, mentoring, uh, not talking about uh, crab people, but mentoring him quarterback, right? Zach Wilson could be good in a couple years. Okay, so so you want a guy who's having trouble throwing in Green Bay in the cold whoa, whoa, to whoa, come whoa, to whoa. MetLife Stadium, to come to MetLife Stadium, which is definitively the hardest place to throw because – you know what stadium Tom Brady has the lowest completion percentages? MetLife slash uh, the Meadowlands. Like that place is hard to throw the ball. You don't want a thirty-year-old quarterback who fucking can't throw the ball at home coming in. Like you're. Listen, I, I have I'm having fun watching you be excited about this, but also I want to let you know it is a really really bad idea for the Jets to trade for him. Amen. Tom Brady's gone. He's a, he has a name. You don't know what it was like being eight and three when Brett Favre. I mean, he's a terrible person now. And I hate him. And damn him to hell for taking money from Mississippi. Talking back in the day before we knew all that stuff. Did you guys even make the playoffs that year? No, but he got hurt. It was eight and three. But Amen, eight and three, being eight and three and being a Jets fan. Oh my God, it was amazing. Wasn't that? Didn't that feel good, Henry? Didn't it feel good? It felt good. It was like this. It was in my veins. It was in my nose. It was I was inhaling and breathing jets. It was amazing. And I will I'll I'll take eight and three. I'll take it. I took whatever the dolphin season was this year. I I was riding it with Tua. Loved it. I will take eight and three with Rogers and him getting hurt because it'll feel really good. So who's your team next year? So like it's been the Seahawks. It's like maybe it was gonna be the Broncos or the Dolphins. So who who are you jumping to next year? Listen, number one. It's Jets first and foremost, and whoever is playing against Josh Allen. That's one. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's look down what's up next on this, this schedule, the rundown. Are we just digging in? Okay. Oh, I have completely washed my brain of this. Uh, I had this all yesterday, but now – all right, so we're going to do a topic, and I'm going to try to run through my head, but I'll let you guys go first because my brain is, is muffy. Um, there's like So at the end of the season, we always want to remember one thing about like something we did, and we're like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to remember that, and then you end up forgetting it. And then there's another thing where you're like, oh, I definitely don't ever want to do that again. Um, so I'm thinking if we record it now and then we listen to it in August, we'll be all set. Um <laughs> Henry, I'll let you go first. Let's let's start negative because then we can roll into the positive as we go out. What's the one bad thing you remember this year that you want to remember from this year um, that uh, that you don't want to do again next year or you just want to like prep differently or in-season management or any of that? So I, I, I think – I, I was high off of a championship. I was like, uh, I'm untouchable. You know, I, I'm, you know, I have my keepers and all that stuff. Ah. Um, thanks, Ray. Um, so <laughs> I, there's a couple of things that I can look back on this year. Um, I, I've sort of been like towing this line with like not having a second quarterback 
over the past couple years. Um, you know, Jared Goff last year, Marcus Mariota this year, and then just trying to like pick one up at the trade deadline. And you come around to the trade deadline this year, and all the teams that are selling don't really have a quarterback. Um, so I, I think next year I don't want to put myself in that position where I'm, I'm looking to try to scrounge together and, you know, have to trade some capital for Russ Wilson. Um, you know, like Patrick Mahomes was an option. The price to me was too hefty for where I thought my team was and how realistic it was to get through three teams that were equal or, you know, legitimately better than mine. So, um, yeah, I, I might I might still go the route of, you know, taking that Marcus Mariota type person later on in the draft. But I think I'm going to have to open my eyes a little bit earlier to seeing, like, in the fourth or fifth round, if something's falling, just, just take it there and, you know, lock it in. Because the other thing that I did was Mariota had to buy week 13 or 14, right? Yeah, that's why I needed a quarterback. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, I was going to go into the playoffs with one quarterback for one of the weeks, 13 or 14, whenever he had to buy 14, I think. That sounds good. Ray, what was uh what was something like bad you wanna like something you're like, I don't want to do that again. Um I'm I'm I have a feeling I have a couple ideas what it might be, but uh what is like the one thing you're like, I don't want to do that again? This is a trick answer because I wouldn't change a damn thing about last season. I played last season as perfect as you can play it. You know what happened? Derek Carr happened and the Raiders happened. They just fizzled out at the wrong time. I was on a heater. Legit. There's nothing I would change. Nothing. Do, except well, nothing. What, what about Adam, Fab? Do you, do, do you think you want to do better Fab? Like, do you think $80 no. oh, is a case I, of hell? Actually, actually, <laughs> actually, actually, no, 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 no. You know what I messed up on? Yes. Taysom Hill and Fab. No, 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 no. Because I'm keeping Taysom Hill. You guys are wrong in the keeping, keeping Taysom Hill. Um, I wish I didn't drop Christian Watson. I uh, I picked him up. That that was the the only thing. I picked him up, and he was you know still injured or whatever. No one was thinking about him, and I was like, oh, who's this kid? Whatever, let's do it. And I was gonna start him, and he got a concussion. And he kept getting, you know, I kept him, and he got hurt, and I was like, f this kid, I'm out. And then uh, Willie picked him up. Am I right? Yeah. And he goes for three touchdowns, and he goes for two touchdowns, and he goes for a bunch of touchdowns, and he goes for a running touchdown. And I'm just like, worst thing. That that felt really bad. That felt really bad. So I would change that. I would not drop Christian Watson. Is that an answer? Well, I, I was looking for more philosophical things. Because, like, you can't look – in August, you can't go, don't drop Christian Watson. But, but I, I think that was – like, that's why it's like – Maybe you want to be more conservative with your fab. Like, if this is a nope. guy who's not going to run a lot of routes, probably don't spend $40 on fab because at the end of the season, when I need to replace players that are hurt, I don't – like, I want to save, like, 20 bucks for the last month of the season or something like that. But, was the question – was the question, what do I think? Or was it, what do you think? Because I don't think I should change a goddamn thing. If you're talking about in-season. I thought I played it well, played it awesome. I wanted Taysom Hill. I got him. I traded my draft picks. It damn near worked. You said it yourself, from your mouth to God's ears. Ray, most awesome streak I've ever seen in this league. Points. I'm the people's champion, if not the real champion. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm the we, point champion. We have champion. a heart out here. We do we have, have a heart, heart out. out. And that wasn't the question is specifically things I want to remember from the past season. So Christian Watson won't help you. So we're going to go. We're moving streak. on. We're moving on. My winning streak we're moving is what on. I want to remember. We're moving on. Um, yeah, that's you can do that for the positive. We're going to have one good and one bad. Um, so I think this year I went, I spent a lot of draft capital keep players that I, I believed in. I don't think it was wrong, but I want to be a little bit more adventurous um, with keeping maybe higher risk variant keepers. Um, you know, I believe in Jonathan Taylor and, and, and Kyler Murray, but for that to be a second and a third, it kind of really limits what you can do. And I, you know, I think I drafted well, but I had so limited opportunities up top um, that I just, I don't think it worked out quite as well as I wanted it to. So I would just say, yeah, moving forward, I'd like to be, have a little bit more, like I don't want two keepers in the top three rounds, no matter how good they will be. Um, yeah. What if it was Patrick Mahomes? Well, that'd be one, but then I would probably try to trade my second keeper or something. You know, this this is more like the way I, I you know, we haven't I haven't said this in a, out loud in a while, but like this is more about like point of view to help other people look at their team and their roster situations. Like this year, I think most likely my keepers are Jalen Hurts, uh, Devontae Smith, and Kenny Walker. Uh, Ken Walker and Devontae Smith will be seventh and ninth round keepers. Um, so like that's perfectly fine, but they're also, mm -hmm. you know, Devontae Smith was wide receiver 10 or 12 or something. And Ken Walker is going to be one of the top five running backs ranked this year, whether he's that or not, it doesn't matter, but he's going to be ranked there. Um, mm -hmm. So like, you know, I naturally have fixed it for this year, but you know, that's only because like those later picks worked out. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll go cause I'm still talking. Uh, I'll just keep going. Um, so this is one thing that like, I want to remember, like, I think my like eighth through 12th round picks, I did a really good job of going different places. And because the draft allowed me, um, to have those picks there, I think like, you know, I got Tyler Algier, I got Ken Walker, I got Devontae Smith. Cause I originally, I was like, I really want Chris Olave. And then like I had another eighth round pick, like four or five picks later. And I was like, oh, Demonte Smith's there. I guess he felt like he had the highest ceiling, especially if AJ Brown got hurt. So I just, you know, I I'm I want to collect more of those, you know, seventh through twelfth round picks. Like if you know, I don't actually have any of these picks, but like if I had like a fifth round pick and somebody came to me and they gave me like their eighth and eleventh, like mm -hmm. I'd be down for that. Um, which, you know, I think historically I would have been less interesting in, but like those like middle late round picks, I think is where I had an advantage this year. I think I did pretty well with, and I'm hoping I can keep doing that. And that might be a place where, um, if you're looking for an edge next year, that might be a place to find the edge. I agree with that. And I, I think through my keepers, you, you've seen in the past, rarely have I kept someone high, like it was. Derrick Henry because you just I couldn't throw him back. But that was the philosophy of one keeper in the top four or five rounds. And then again, I got lucky with Josh Allen, but you know, I kept Damian Harris one year. Um, I moved to get Mark Andrews this year. So just getting 
some of that keeper value back in the later rounds of the draft to open up and do more at the front. Um, I I do agree with that. Did you get lucky with Josh Allen? I'm very lucky. Other uh, other people took Sam Darnold and Rosen and Mayfield. You know, I got out. Yeah. Lucky. Mm. Mm. That's that's where luck plays a plays a role in fantasy, right? That is Not when we. Josh Allen didn't really help you when we played. What would uh, what, what do you want to remember, Ray? Since you did everything so perfectly, what's the one thing you did? The good, the the good thing. Yeah. Um, I honestly like, I don't know. I, I'd say the getting who put me over the hump. Oh, the one thing, one the good thing I did, uh, believing in Tua. He was a, he was a big part of my team, so believing in Tua, sticking to your guns. Uh, Tua's great when he played. He's top QBR in the league, one of the top quarterbacks in the league when he played. Um, believing in Tua. So, so just to extrapolate it so it can help other people, it's, um, you know, scout young players and, you know, don't lose faith after they struggle early. Is that is that what you're trying to illustrate with that's, leaving in that's, ex- that's exactly what I'm trying to illustrate. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Eamon. Just for other people. So like, Not getting so meta. So – if Matt, like I haven't talked to Matt about this, but so if Matt believes in the picker, the uh, the picket and picket pickens situation, mm. um, he should definitely lean into trying to keep those two guys with Justin Jefferson. Yep. You know, <laughs> that would be like a mirror, a mirror stack, like how you know, kind of how I have, you know. You want to give any advice to him on that? Uh, if you want to keep Pittsburgh so, uh, <laughs> players, uh, go ahead, Henry. Sorry. So, uh, I, I think one of my downfalls in years past has been uh, I, I'm a player hugger, and like I, I believe in my guys too much if I draft them. And some of that was on the roster this year, where like I kind of held on to Darrell Henderson too long. I probably held on to um, the other scrub running back. He's not a scrub; he's an NFL running back. But um, the, the Ram, the Rams running backs were like, oh, yeah, I should have gotten rid of them. But like, I, I was able to like cut ties early with some other players. So like the most dirt deal that we made and the Mooney trade that we made, just like smaller like depth deals were like, I like these guys, but I can get something back that'll help me get something else. And like, you know, like sort of like you needed most dirt. I didn't need most dirt. So I got the pick. And then when I was making the trades with Brian, like I didn't need the pick, but Brian needed pick. So I had like, that extra sort of capital to move around. So like most of it wouldn't have been good for Brian in that trade, but that six round pick was. Um, so doing the, those small things and like not, you know, like if an offer comes around for someone that I believe in, but the value's there, like just pull the trigger, you know, like don't worry about, Oh, like if most goes off and he's a top 20 running back, like whatever, like I, we're not, we're not fortune tellers. So um, just getting value when we can, um, I believe it was the right time to sell most dirt. Um Looking back, I probably I probably could use most of it myself, but um, but I, I like the trade. I, I love the trade at the time, and it was able it enabled me to do things later on in the season too. Yeah, so I would say like that's that's something I don't know how we'll do it, but I want to have a conversation about that because I I often have the same problem, and I don't I don't know if I want to say like I'm wrong about something versus like you know 
and is is things were so like the way I look at stuff is all stuff is percentages, right? Like Steph Curry makes a higher percentage of threes than anybody else, but it's still only like half the time. Um, but like that is such a statistical advantage, even if it's like eight or thirteen percent difference between him and the average point guard. Um, so like when when somebody like Cortland Sutton kind of doesn't work out, like like how do you get off of that in a way that's like, you know, I was I was wrong about the player and the talent and the situation, or is it like it just hasn't clicked yet? Like it, it's just Steph Curry's made missed four or five threes in a row, but he's still gonna finish, you know, at the least at least six of thirteen or something. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the hard that's the hard part when you're saying you hug your players because I'm the same way. Like I spent a lot of time. I'm I really focused my players down and like at the end of the day by the day of the draft, I pretty much know. Like there's only going to be 25 players I'll draft. And like, I know I'm ruling out some high end players because I know people are going to believe in that, but like, I kind of know the 25 guys who will be on my roster and then whatever 10 I don't get, you know, they're whatever. But I think that's, that's <laughs> one of those interesting conversations we could have in a different form. We'll have to come up maybe with a way, but yeah, player hugging. Um, I, I haven't heard it framed that way, but I, I'm probably also going to do that. Comes from a prospect hugging because I'm a Islanders fan. We just made that big trade, and you know everyone's always we can't trade this prospect, we can't trade this pick, and it's like get get the player, focus on the now, and we'll worry about next year, next year. You know, the Rangers are going through that too. Hockey talk. <laughs> um, all right, a little puck. A couple couple mentions cutting it up. Songs of puck. Well, everybody gave their goods and their bads. Um, come back and listen to this podcast before this season. Maybe it'll give you insight. Um, you know, just a reminder, Ray is telling you you should all draft Tua. Um and you know believe in your young one. players, young stack, young stack. Young stack. Okay. And whatever you do, don't drop Christian Watson next year. Just you know, if you have him, just don't drop him. <laughs> Even when Jordan loves the QB. Uh, Yo, they had a connection against the Eagles. Don't sleep. Your team, Eamon. Um, let's let's move on to our division. Um, let me um, – so Division 2, which featured Mike Ray, uh, Ryan, and Willie. Uh the hardest division, I think you guys recall or something silly. It was the uh, hardest division. Top scorers in that division. Don't even sleep. It wasn't you sleep and wake scorer? up. If you sleep, if you sleep, if you sleep and wake up. Wasn't they wrote me the off. Scorer? They wrote. Like, they wrote me off, and I didn't write back. Geno Smith, wise words. Okay, but just factually, wasn't Brad the highest scorer? Or no, it was Mike. It was Mike. Okay. Um, it was me. Was it? I scored more than Mike. Okay, I'm the king of the I'm the king of the division. You know, I was uh, so I was trying to like I, I renewed the league not because like again I'm not committed to coming back to this version of the league, um, not for this conversation. But so when I renewed it, it's not any sign that I've changed my mind. But it just felt like it'd be easier to look through the roster so I could figure out how to fill out the, this chart better. Um, and then like I clicked and I saw league history, and I'm 
third in the league since we transferred to Sleeper in points four, and yet still haven't made playoffs in any of those three years. So, like, you know, it just it's it's frustrating. It's should I get my tiny violin? Um, I got okay. it. Okay, you need it. So we'll start. We'll do this. Uh, we'll do this in order of finish. Um, Mike won the division because he had a better record than Ray, um, but not better team. But not better player this year than me. All right, we we gotta we gotta get through this, so we're not gonna step on it. So we got thirty Mike, minutes. We- right, but we also have to get through it so it's listenable. So we're not gonna interrupt every time. Um, so Mike won the division. Uh, I don't have his record ready on time. Um, and, and as we did last week, we'll do. Best draft pick, draft pick that could have went way different. Uh, key uh, in-season move. Oh, I copied and pasted the wrong thing again. Uh, Mike, Mike went nine and three, not including the 13th three. week. Not including the 13th week. Um, key in-season move. And then uh, we'll go over what we expect their keepers to be. All right. Ray, what was Mike's best draft pick? Um, I'm. It, it wasn't Justin Fields in it. No, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Justin Fields carried his ass. Like he was there. There was one time when I, he wasn't a keeper. He was a draft pick, right? Yep, draft the second round. Yep, yo, there was there was legit a week. I looked up just to be, I mean, how many points did Justin Fields have. But he had like forty something points. I was like, "This is crazy," and he lost. Like, but it didn't matter for like a stretch of like five weeks. Justin Fields was so dangerous. Um. So yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, Justin Fields is his best pick. Carried him pretty much. Carried his ass, especially when he had Jamar Chase out. Um. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll go now because I I have the same. Uh, yeah, Justin Fields was definitely his best draft pick i think uh you know that was a, a draft day trade um i think the day before or whatever i looked and i saw i saw what i saw i knew there was some manipulation and i was like you know mike was right behind um the great manipulator um and i think he like traded to get there or whatever and i was like if i just take like almost nothing in a trade and let him jump the let Mike jump the manipulator. He can get his choice. And I thought I thought it was gonna be a choice of of Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins went a little earlier. And I think like there was a giant drop off after Fields and me and Mike having that deal in place just, you know, was a great opportunity. And like it just it's like a good thing to like be genuinely prepared for the draft and being flexible and going like, well, what do I need when this happens? Like I'm in the middle of the second round. I need to get a QB. So I maybe should like find a team two or three spots ahead of me and try to make a, uh, a pre-draft like agreement and say like, well, if this happens, if this player is there, you don't say the player's name, but if, if my player, my guy is at, at on the board, can we do this trade? And you agree to it ahead of time. I think it works. I think Henry, you did that with like Matt um, for Travis a Kelsey a couple years ago. Right. Yeah, he took Kelsey. Yeah. I thought he was. I thought he was going for Mike Evans or something, and he took Kelsey. So, um, yeah, I, I wrote 
Alan Lazard on it, but I thought I was leaving a layup for Ray, for Ray to not, you know, double up. But um, it, it was Rashad White to me. Um, you know, it it wasn't that big at the beginning of the season, but he did have Leonard Fournette, um, who there was some invest, investing in with the keeper and, you know, just getting that handcuff and knowing that it was going to be on a Tom Brady Bucks team should have been a little bit more offensive, but you know, now he has an interesting potential keeper if he wants to, you know, we'll see what happens with Fournette, but you know, the last couple of weeks of the season, RB 15, RB 14, RB 13. So that's a nice little thing to have, especially if he's going to be RB one next year. Cool. Why don't you, uh, since you're, you're talking, Henry, why don't you talk about the uh, draft picks that could have went way different? Uh, so my guy would be Deontay Johnson. Uh, how many weeks did he go without a touchdown? Like if, if he gets a couple touchdowns in that offense, it, it's a totally different player for him. Um, he didn't really need him at the beginning of the season. And then he dropped him. I'm still not sure if he dropped him on accident or on purpose, but you know, a, a couple touchdowns really changes the way I think people looked at Deontay Johnson throughout the season. Um, he, he could have been even more, you know, deadly than what he was. Yeah. He, uh, he texted me during the draft and he's like, do you think I should draft Deontay Johnson? And I was like, yeah, why not? Like, I, I didn't think – I was like, he's got a high floor. Um, he's probably not going to be a top 10 guy, but, um, you know, it's it sometimes – you know, I had – you know, I don't know. I don't want to keep making it about myself, but I had Cooper Cup in between his dominance. Like, the one year he was a top four wide receiver in the final eight games, and then the next year he had, like, two receiving touchdowns all year. Um, and – then the next year he did what Cooper cup did and changed fantasy. So it's like, you know, those years when they don't get touchdowns, it's so hurtful. And like, it's probably a really great opportunity draft pick next year. Um, especially if they don't add another wide receiver in the draft. Um, Ray, what was, uh, what was, uh, Mike's draft pick that could have went way different. Well, I, I know he kept James Conner, but can I say James Conner? Uh, you can say whatever you want, man. So I honestly, like, it was looking bleak at first for James Conner when he was, like, injured and he was out and they had the other two dudes, the Eno Benjamin and uh, what's the other dude's name? Keontae Johnson? No. I think it's Keontae mm-hmm. Johnson. Um, And it, they were looking good and, you know, they, they – they were kicking ass. They beat the Saints on, on Thursday night. Um, but then he came back and he, like, killed it. And James Hunter has that, that the injury history and, um, you know, from the Steelers. And, but, but again, you know, he, he came back and he, and he killed it. So um, I think that would have had a really bad, uh, a bad effect on his, uh, on, on his season. But James Conner came and, and balled out. Mike, uh, Mike gets the championship. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, quarterback proof. He's quarterback proof. They had Trace McSorley, and he was getting 18 fantasy. I was like, this is crazy. Uh, cool. So I also cheated like Ray did with and go with a, a, a keeper uh, for this one just because I wanted to talk about the Lamar Jackson situation. And once we get through Mike's team, I think we have to go a lot faster. Um, but, um, you know, listen, Mike as much as Lamar Jackson helped him in September was this anchor around his neck. 
And I think, you know, I, I, I actually just texted him. Uh, I was meeting to do it earlier, but for an official statement on Lamar Jackson, uh, I'll quote him. Because he doesn't say the name, but I said, doing the pod, do you have an official comment about Lamar Jackson Fuster on your roster? Uh, Mike's response, uh, quotes, I'm open to anything. No one's a lock on my 2023 roster. Close quotes. Um, and I think, you know, I don't think like last year, last off season, I was super into like Lamar Jackson have another MVP season. Cause I thought like he did all this stuff where it's like best shape of my life and blah, blah, blah. And like all these great things. And I thought it was going to happen, but it didn't. Um, and I just, I don't know if we're like, we're, we're at the early parts of cam when he started to break down. Um, it's probably a great buying opportunity if somebody wants to go in and get him. And if he's great for four or five years, it's probably a really great time to go in and offer like a, a, a good deal. Um, I just don't know if I would be that person to try to go jump in on Lamar Jackson. Do you guys have thoughts on Lamar Jackson? I pay the will... man, pay the man for fantasy uh... in our league. I, I will not be interested, so I'm letting the league know now. Like Mike says he has his killer offer from me. He doesn't. Wink, wink. Maybe he does. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where I am with Lamar Jackson. Um, I kind of want to see how the contract goes. I, I know they say he's going back to Baltimore, but crazier stuff has happened. So right now I'm going to reserve judgment on Lamar and how I feel about him until probably July. Man, him won the Jets with Dolphins? Jesus. Ugh. Yeah, Jesus. I would take I, over. Don't you? <laughs> don't, don't, don't you believe in Tua? I don't. I don't understand this. I mean, yeah, but imagine him. Imagine him with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. <laughs> I mean, there's no more opposite. Like, uh, like if we want to put Tua in the good half of QBs. There's no two more opposite players of accuracy. Like. Lamar Jackson is not an accurate thrower. I'm just and... saying for entertain. I'm just you did all can excellent. I'm talking about for entertainment purposes. <laughs> like, bro, him in New York or him with Tua and Waddle. I mean, him with uh, uh, Tyreek and Waddle. My God, my I, God. I, just, I don't think he. I don't think. I don't think the. I think the Dolphins. I would definitely downgrade both wide receivers if he went to the Dolphins. Um, well, yeah, but it would still be dangerous. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. So um and I'll I'll just keep going. Uh so I think you know this is a, a year after year thing of Mike. Um he's constantly picking up his backup QBs um just to avoid a lot of it seems to be like avoiding the having to draft a third quarterback and it's like, well, I'll just go pick up Tyler Huntley and other guys uh, so that I don't miss out. And I just think it's, you know, it's just a, a solid move. It, it really keeps control. You don't have to, like, sit and hope um, your guy's healthy. You do automatically have the backup. So that's my – what I think his best in-season move is. Uh, Ray, what do you think of what his was? Uh, grabbing uh, David and Joku um, with tight end being, like uh... – dumpster fire of a position. Um, he picked up Ninjoku in like 
a cra- I remember we played first game of the season and Joku was like terrible. He played against me. He dropped 18, right? And Joku was hurt. When he come back, he'd kill it, right? Hurt, come back, kill it. He killed it against uh, my week when I played him in the playoffs. Um, so um, David Joku was, was big for him. Anytime you can get any type of production or catches from a tight end, um, it's great. So I think Njoku was his uh, was his best move. Henry? Njoku's a good move. Um, I'm going to go with the one staring us in the face. Um, it's Alvin Kamara. I know it didn't work out, really. Kamara had a bad year. But he, he didn't just trade for him for this year. But he, he has the option of keeping him this year at a very good price. He's still going to go high in drafts. He would still go probably within the top three rounds uh, of our draft, you know, maybe even redraft leagues. So he, he gave himself that option to keep a, a top player. Um, where is he, a ninth-round pick now? Um, so even though it didn't work out this season, it, it was still a key in-season move for the format that we play. Well, next year he'll be a six-round. Six. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Still. I mean, it's still good. Um, I think uh, – is Chase also a six-round? Oh, next year Chase will be a fifth-round. Um, yeah, I, you know, my – you know, I don't think that was a bad pick. And especially if Derek Carr does go to the Saints, like, I think that gives Kamara, like, his roles back. Like, they won't put Taysom Hill out there and screwing stuff up. And they'll they'll finally give Kamara the ball inside the five again. That was just so weird and bizarre last year. Um, I don't know how it could be. Um, I don't think there's any other choices here. <laughs> uh, as of right now, before... Mike uh, reevaluates his entire roster. Uh, he's keeping Jamar Chase, Lamar Jackson, Alvin Kamara. Has anybody got anything different? Nope, that's what nope. he's keeping. Nope. We don't yep. have to talk about it. That's that's who it is. They're studs. Yeah. They're all studs. We can move conditions. on. Yeah. No, right. no, off- no offense to those guys, but what more can you say about them, you know? Yeah, Jamar Chase is one of the top five fantasy wide receivers moving forward. Um, you could argue about Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson or um, not our league, but Tyreek Hill. Um, okay. Now we're going to talk about Ray's team. Um, Ray, you can go first. Uh, oh. oh, shit. Um, sorry. That's some weird personal news. Um, Ray, you can go first. And um, sorry, I'm sorry. What was your best draft pick in your opinion? I think it was Christian Kirk. Um, I got him with a seven. Um, I think I can even keep him unless I traded my six. I can figure it out. Um, he finished uh, wide receiver eleven, um, and he killed. I mean, it was just a little. It was a little blips in the season where um, Ingram and uh, Zay Jones they started catching fire and just stopped getting balls. But for the majority of the season, he was the number one. He was the guy. I'm very, very interested in what he's going to look like um, next year with uh, – I'm gambling again. What's his name? Trevor Lawrence? No, the guy. I'm gambling again. You guys ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course you've never seen that movie. It's, uh, anyway, it's him and Matthew McConaughey. De Niro – I mean, Pacino and Matthew McConaughey. Um, Two for the, the, the money? That's such a the, bad yes. movie. Come on, man. Come on, man. It's 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 good. Like it's 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 it makes you feel good. It's funny. It's it's he just wanted to be cucked the whole movie. That's what it was. Anyway, anyway, I'm going long. 
Did, with the guy who got got in trouble for the parlays? He was on Atlanta. Okay, okay. We gotta, go. we gotta go. We gotta go. We got 20 know, minutes and we gotta do three teams. I'm really looking forward to seeing him and uh him being the number two uh to him because they're gonna light it up. You're you're thinking of Calvin Ridley. Um, Calvin Ridley. Ray, Ray, I think your best pick was Damian Pierce. I mean, at the time I thought it was a little early for him. I know he stock was rising, but uh it turned out to be a really good pick. If you had him for the playoffs, things might have been different, you know. Was your top twenty-four running back almost every week? So good job there, Ray. Uh, I I think DeAndre Hopkins was your best pick. Um, he wasn't even when he came back like the last uh, couple weeks. He was didn't play and stuff like that, but he gave you a good five six week boost. And I think he'll probably be still a number one wide receiver next year, and then probably maybe one more year. So at least you got a decent keeper option there. Um. Draft pick that could have went way differently. Um, since Henry mentioned him, I'll, I'll also say this: Damian Pierce, like he didn't perform as well as like I think we all remember. We remember some of those boom weeks, but like I think he was like RB twenty something, and there was a lot of weeks where he didn't show up and, and perform. And I, I was thinking like on a bad team like that, once you saw it, you would assume it would keep going. So you could have gotten a lot more out of Damian Pierce, in my opinion. I think. He, he like he could have got way more receptions. I think, you know, moving forward, I don't know if he's one of your people in your keeper conversations. I I probably wouldn't select him, but um, he he's an interesting guy. Um, especially since if they bring over that 49ers run offense, uh, he could have a nice. Especially he'll probably split time with some other running back they'll draft in third round this year. But I still think that would be a great opportunity. I've said on this pod before, D'Amico Ryan should not take the Houston job because all they do is fire black coaches. What was, what was the draft pick you thought could have gone different that you made? Um, listen, man, I know like I had to drop him because he was hurt, but Johan Dotson, if he he was on his way to having a really, really good season. He scored in every all, his first three games. Then he got hurt. He was gone for a bit. He was going for like four or five games. It was just like hamstring, six games. And then he came back, and he was lighting it. He lit up the Giants. And then he had like a really good end to the season. Um, I really wish Johan Dotson did not get uh, and did not get hurt and didn't stay out for so long because then I wouldn't have dropped him. He, he would have been like a nice maybe keeper option or trade option because he was on his way to having a really good season. Henry? Uh, uh, for you, Ray, um, it's Matthew Stafford, you know, for the first reason being that he just was not good this year. He was hurt. And then um, he was involved in, like, some trades for you where, like, you know, m- maybe you don't make some of these trades. So, you know, um, good and bad, Matthew Stafford uh, could have went different and might have changed your season up. I was hoping no one said anything like that. Like that, I, I was hoping no one remembered that, that I drafted him. I don't worry. I, I got all your in for Joe Burrow, right? So that's that's pretty good. Yeah. So so this is leading into um, who I think your best in season acquisition was, and it was Josh Jacobs twice. You traded uh, Stafford. You traded uh, Waller for him. Then you traded Jacobs and Stafford for Burrow, and then you got Jacobs back for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that whole trade tree of Josh Jacobs uh, really worked out for you. You know, you got to get rid of some dead weight in Waller, unfortunately. And then, you know, you got Joe Burrow, and then you got Jacobs back, so. I feel so bad. Waller's my guy. Um, you can have him back. Uh, what What do you think <laughs> your in-season move was? Um, it, it had to be 
getting Devontae. He was – Buddy was going for 30 and damn near 40 points a few times. He was he was a consistent 2018. So, you know, um, I think it was getting Devontae. Yeah, I don't um, – I was uh, that went quicker than I thought. Um, yeah, I, I, that's who I put on the dock. So, um, yeah, he was dominant. Um, you gave up a lot for him, but um, like I brought up in other podcasts, I don't – there's never been a big ticket item player like Devontae that's hit off the way it did. So um that's good. That's what that's what winners do. Um, so me and Henry have the same predictions for you, but do you wanna like announce who you're thinking of as your keepers? Um going into I'm just gonna time? tell you it's a big question mark. But There's you don't no have answer. three preferred ones right now? Nope. Okay. Well, me and Henry agreed that it's probably two of only wife. Hopkins and Waddle. I think it's the only way it works with those picks right now, too. So, um, yeah, when you make more moves, we can revisit it. Uh, off topic, topic for two seconds, Ray. The Lakers just traded uh, Russell Westbrook. That deal's complete. Moving on. Whoa. Okay, we we have fifteen minutes. So we got two teams. Can we do it? All right, yes, Henry. What was Willie's best draft pick? He finished third in our uh, in this division. I have been an Amari Cooper truther for like years and years. And this year I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to pick him. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deal with Jacoby brisket and then have to, you know, rely on Deshaun Watson. Um, I love Amari Cooper where he got him. It was a, you know, solid pick for him. Um, the Coop man. I'll probably pick him next year. Uh, right. Who, who is going to cheat? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to cheat Travis Etienne, him holding him all last year and then keeping him and then him paying off. That was fantastic. I'm pretty sure Ray has never actually answered the he cheats on all of them in some way. Because uh, I will say this so it's far of the eight teams we reviewed, Willie's was the hardest one because I listed three people that were like when I quickly looked at them, like those were all great draft picks where he got them. Yeah, Amen. It's kind of hard for me to pick one when you got all of them in the in the thing and no, the chart. No, you could have one of those. I listed crazy. anyway. If you notice, I've done this before in other ones where I list multiple ones because I usually fill it out first. And like, if somebody else wants to pick one of those, I'll just go with this. So I assumed you were either going to go with Miles Sanders or DK Metcalf because uh, Miles Sanders was like in the eleventh round. And while I don't love Miles Sanders, and I wouldn't love the idea of Philly Eagle uh, running backs, but if you can keep him for a tenth round pick next year, that's that's great. Um, and then DK Metcalf, like. You know, he was wide receiver 16, I think. I see someplace. Um, and in the sixth round, like, I thought, I just thought Seattle was going to be the worst team in football, and they weren't. So DK Metcalf was basically himself. And so you got him, you know, on a three or four round discount. And that's, that's just awesome. Um, Henry, uh, or no, Ray, you can go first. Uh, draft pick that could have gone way different, positive or negative for Willie. Damn. Um, <laughs> you can take, if you're looking at the list, you can take either one of those. I I mean Saquon, straight up, Saquon. He could have had he could have went the Saquon way he's been going, getting hurt, but he killed it this year. Proud of that boy. Pay that man too. Uh, it's yes. Black History Month. It's Black History Month, so I can cheat. Don't call me out. Uh. <laughs> So yeah, uh, since Saquon's also my pick, I'll I'll follow up. Like your first round pick, you're using it on a guy that you know really hasn't played football in two years. Um, yeah, like 
that that could have gone way, way, way worse. And it, it turned out he, he smacked it out of the park with that one. You know, the gamble paid off. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, I'll, uh, I'll... Get your, maybe get your own material. Um, I'll go with Jerry <laughs> Judy, um, who came out and he had a great like final five weeks. You know, I I kind of like. You know, with the new coaches, I kind of like always try to like think about like what do I want to make sure I don't, what do I'm th- what am I taking away with this new coach situation? And I look at the Broncos and like I think I'm out on every single Bronco, um, except for maybe Jerry Judy. Like if he's there in the sixth round, maybe I'll throw a flyer at him. But like, you know, I don't want Cortland Sutton, I don't want Russell Wilson, I don't want any of these guys. But Jerry Judy did show up and started playing well. And maybe he has legit chemistry with with Russ. And, um, yeah, I mean, if he could have done that all season, he would have had a top 10 wide receiver. Like, if if, if Russ would have just made the connection with Jerry Judy in the in training camp instead of Cortland Sutton, it might be a completely different fantasy season for Jerry Judy. Um, all right, key in-season moves. Uh, I'll go. Uh, obviously, Christian Watson um, just – crazy unreal like a streak like anything on it like anything else with all those touchdowns you had what like eight touchdowns in three weeks or something crazy um yeah i mean that's that's what you want to do when you know the waiver wire just get a high volatility guy and be able to start him for three or four weeks and just be all the positive volatility right christian watson let's not dwell on it because i'm gonna get sad I like I, I have I really haven't been diving into like sleeper app or any of these fantasy pods or anything like that. Like I come and talk fantasy with y'all, and then that's it. I'm still hurt from the season. PTSD from several things. That is one of them. So, uh, yeah. So uh, for me, it's going to be Brock Purdy. It's it's a late season acquisition, obviously, but picks up Brock Purdy. And if he wasn't, if he was in the playoffs, like. That would have been a hell of a pickup for him. Um, if he didn't get hurt, it, it might have been looking at a keeper situation, depending on what happens with Trey Lance. But uh, I'm, I'm a Brock Purdy guy. I'd, I'd, I'd love to draft Brock Purdy at some point later on in my career. It's a great Big story. cock Brock. Big story. Great team name. Okay, so that leaves us to a somewhat difficult question. Um, Ray, you can start. Who do you think – I guess this is, this is always tricky because, like, right now I, I don't know if this is – I think the difference between me and Henry is that um, this is who I think he will keep, but I don't know if it's who he should keep. So, Ray, why don't you say who you think will he should keep? Um, I mean, we we like we don't we, the quarterback con- controversy in San Francisco would be crazy because well, he can't keep Brock Purdy because it was after the thing. So anyway, f that. Um, I think he keeps. Travis Etienne, because if he kept them all last year and he was hurt, he'll keep him when he showed it, he can show out, right? Um, so he'll keep him. Miles Sanders was super late draft pick. Um, I think he can keep him too. And the way the Detroit Lions are going, I think they keep Jamison Williams. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I agree with your, I agree with your keepers. DK went late because no one thought Geno Smith would be good, but I think Jamison Williams, if you want to take a, everyone loves to have this rookie wide receiver. That's like amazing. Um, I'm really good at drafting those, uh, but yeah, I think he, I think he joins the club. Jamison Williams is going to be a monster. 
Yeah, I think this, I think, you know, I think I would keep DK Metcalf, but just knowing Willie, this is, this falls under where it's like, what I think Willie will do is he loves these, like, he wants the most value out of a pick um, and certainty isn't a top priority when he's looking at his keepers. So, but do you, Henry, you want to make a quick case for keeping DK? DK? The the only thing I'm going to say uh, for DK is like, he's an actual legit star. I don't see Jameson Williams going in the top five, six rounds. Like he's still going to go probably eight through 10, probably. So he could still get some value there. Um, I love Jameson Williams. I picked him all this year. Um, but it, it, we'll see how his, how the off season goes, how things turn out, but he might want a little bit more of like a short thing, especially at wide receiver where now he has two running backs and an actual wide receiver, you know, like we don't know how Jameson fits into that scheme there with Amon Ra and, um, well, it's really just Amon Ra there now, but yeah, that, that's my case for DK. Cool. Uh, all right. So the final team we're going to review, um, is Ryan, um, who had some big hits? Um, what was that? Okay, it's weird. Um, all right. I don't know why I'm stuttering on this. Uh, Henry, why don't you go tell us what uh, CMC is best? Or sorry, tell us what Ryan's uh, best draft pick was. So he he had one overall. <laughs> I think everybody thought he was going Derrick Henry, and uh, he went CMC, and he knocked it out of the park there. I mean, you couldn't. You couldn't really go wrong picking CMC or Henry for our league this year, but just, you know, like going out and saying, you know, I, I believe in the best actual talent, taking him, and he knocked it out of the park. Like you really couldn't do better for a first-round pick in the league with CMC. And he finished higher than Henry too. So, Right. What was uh, what was uh, Willie's or Ryan's best pick? Ryan's best draft. Uh, CMC, man, hands down. But he, even when everyone's like, oh, he's underachieving, he's still like averaging like – 15 points so consistent production from him quarterback proof regardless of who's he had a million quarterbacks in carolina he had a million quarterbacks in san francisco doesn't matter right cmc um i'm gonna go with the guy who i have um yeah i'll just go i don't want to i don't overcomplicate this uh yeah cmc he was he was great um It'll be interesting having conversations moving forward, like where we'll each put them in our top seven or whatever, because I think the top seven will be very interesting. Um, but we'll move on to the next section, draft pick that could have gone way different. Um, mm. He's done this a couple years in a row where he gets this guy who we assume isn't going to be the starter after like two weeks. He did it last mm-hmm. year with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and he did this year with Geno Smith. Um you know, it's a little bit of a roadrunner syndrome, I, I feel like. He doesn't care about drafting a second quarterback, and he can just go completely across to the other side of the cliff and not fall. Um, and we all look and like, well, like, Geno Smith, you're not going to be able to compete with the, with the guy who's spent 15 years on the bench. Um, <laughs> but he did. Yeah, man, he, same he got here. a top five quarterback. And I think a lot of us would have expected him to be like 40th quarterback on the year. Uh, Ray, what do you, what do you got for draft or draft pick that could have gone way different? They wrote me off. I ain't right back. Geno Smith. Wise words. Black history month. Got to go with him. Black quarterbacks, baby. We out here. 
Let's go. Henry? Geno Smith. Um, yeah, uh, my guy is going to be DJ Moore. Um, it, that whole quarterback situation there didn't work out like the Panthers thought it was. Matt Rule was a disaster. But D- DJ Moore is a top wide receiver. And, you know, if DJ Moore does what he did at the end of the season, all next season, I think he's going to be another uh, wide receiver that we're going to be looking at in round three, four, five again. Um, do I want to take him? Do I want to take him? Do I want to pull the trigger? I want to talk about DJ Moore another time. We have more time because I, I would like – just remembering all the like hate of Baker and then seeing him like literally crush so many talented wide receivers uh, is just unbelievable. Uh, Henry, what was uh, Ryan's uh, key in season move? Well, he made like six of them. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go just getting Zach Ertz. You know, he, he was a top tight end um, at the time. He's going for, I think he got hurt the week that he got him. Um, I didn't look too much into it, but. Anytime, again, I always say anytime you can get a tight end that's going to put up some top points and he had a good keeper value hold, uh, with him, maybe he thinks about it. Uh, Zach Ertz. Ray? I, I, I would have piggyback off that move. I mean, I, it'd be great if you would have picked up Chig um, like during the season and he kind of like, you know, had the, had the four, if, if anyone had the foresight, um, but he can't keep Chig. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to say Zach Ertz. You gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta get value tight end. Yeah, uh, I think he got one of the best in season moves. I, like, I think I, I listened to the Underdog podcast, and um, that's basically one of those uh, uh, uh what are they called? Uh, you draft and you don't make any changes. You draft like thirty guys. Best ball leagues. Best ball. It's they're basically a best ball site, but they cover normal fantasy. But they do spend some time talking about, like, these are the players. And Zay Jones was always one of the top five players when they were doing the end of the season, like, advance rates. Um, so he's he was very dominant towards the end of the year. Like, that's what you kind of want to do. And that's why sometimes, like, it's like you don't have to have the best roster um, completely filled with stars. Because, like, you do want, like, the opportunity to go pick up a hot guy and try to put them in there. Um I, me and me and uh, Henry have the same three keepers, but uh, Ray, what do you think uh, Ryan's keeper is going to be? Go with the sweep, man. I mean, you kind of can't go wrong. I mean, you got your two quarterbacks, and then you got solid running back. So all he has to do is draft some people and maybe make a little bit more end-season moves, and I think he'll be right up there at the top at, at the end of it, unless he's in my division. I'm going to take it. So Yeah. Um, so we're – so. Uh, we're saying that Ryan will keep Justin Herbert, Aaron Jones, and Geno Smith. Um, Geno Smith is obviously because he's double to the keeper, and Aaron Jones is just one of these guys who's going to be a RB six through twelve until he's not. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just that's super good value in the sixth or seventh round, wherever he's going to have to keep him this year. Um, I do want to talk about Justin Herbert in the future because I do. I don't think I think last year was not 2022, but 2021 was the outlier season. Um, and I don't think he's I don't think he's Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, but we have to go because I have to go pick up my wife. Um and uh thanks go, everybody go, go. for listening. What? No, I say go, go, go. Oh. Uh <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. 
Um, we'll be hopefully here in two weeks. We'll go over the Super Bowl. Um, and we'll see if Priest Holmes was the indicator this year. <laughs> Peace out. That's the Super Bowl for the weekend. <laughs>